Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first late flag of 2024, where the poets look back at Liverpool's magnificent performance in their 4-2 victory at home to Newcastle United last night in Anfield that took us three points clear at the top of the Premier League. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined tonight by Pete Warburton, Mike Wilson, and it's a big welcome back to Tom Keegan after his recent bereavement. So welcome back, Tom, and please accept our condolences and you know on the loss of your father-in-law. So when we when the team was announced just after seven o'clock last night, I think it was the team that most of us expected to hear, Tom. Yeah, it was excellent. I was quite pleased when I seen the side, Les. I thought it was quite strong. A lot of people were expecting, some were expecting Gapco to start and um, and and Nunes to be left out. But I think when you when you look at, I think it was a strong side. I think Curtis deserved his place. I think Endo on present form definitely deserves his place. I think it it probably a little bit too soon for for Supermac, but um. Yeah, I thought that I thought the midfield was 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 good. I thought the back four was solid. I thought everything, you know. So looked at the team, I didn't have any problems with that at all. I was really happy. Strong bench piece as well. Um, yeah, you know, strongest benches we've had for a while. Yeah, like Tom said, it was nice to see like Jota. I I I think in the last uh, episode, I thought Jota may have got a start, but. In hindsight, I think you were right. I think he, he came on at Burnley and a full 90 would have been too much for him. But then you'd had, you'd had Gakpo, Gravenberch, McAllister back. It's nice to see him back in Jarrell Kwanzaa. And then a couple of the kids as well, Harvey Elliott also on the bench. So, yeah, it was looking really strong, the bench. Um, As I say, I think I got a couple of starters wrong. I, I thought, as I say, um, I thought he may have may have gone with um, Jota as a start instead of Diaz. And I'm not too sure who, I think I may have said Harvey Elias over Jones, but, you know, it was a really good, strong side. And, and um, you know, from the word off, we were right at it, weren't we? You know, but it, it was a good starting lineup. And, and we did comment actually on the bench when we were, you know, when, when they were setting up uh, to kick off, we were saying how strong the bench looked. So it all good well for the match, yeah. Mike, it was it. It was a really strong Newcastle side as well that they put out really because apart from Nick Pope, all right, you know, there's a drop off between Nick Pope and Dubravka. But apart from him and Trippier, that was probably their first choice eleven that they had out there last night. So so you you were facing a little bit of a, a stronger Newcastle side that have been that, that they've been able to put out of as of late. And as I say, Liverpool Liverpool started the game really quickly again, which is really good to see. Yeah, in terms of the Newcastle side, they have started getting their, their players back now. So um, they're not in as dire a situation as, as they were. You, you mentioned the two, Trippier and Pope, and Callum Wilson was, was, was unavailable as well. But other than that, they, they, they were pretty much at full strength. Um, and yeah, you could tell straight away. I mean, it, 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 I think we'll talk about this guy quite a lot, uh, but it, it was evident from minute one that Luis Diaz was on one last night, and and he started the game so well, and and literally for the whole time he was on the pitch, was just running them ragged, and uh, he was pulled down by Anthony Gordon twice 
in the first kind of, I don't know, 10 minutes. No, probably not even that, probably first five minutes. Uh, and and, and he could, they couldn't cope with him at times. Yeah, that's that's very true, Mike. And Tom, the momentum, the momentum just continued, didn't it? It was just like, it's just like Newcastle couldn't really get out of their, their, own, their own half. You know, they'd won the toss. They'd made us kick, you know, into the cop end in the first half. And Liverpool's Liverpool sort of momentum and press. And you could see, you could see really right from the start that every player really was on it last night. And that was a really sort of promising sign, wasn't it? That the, the, the movement of the ball was quick. You know, it looked as though, as Mike had said there, certain players had got, you know, a little bit of mojo and the confidence back. And Liverpool just taking the game and taking the game to Newcastle. I thought it was a fabulous start. A start there, I thought. Um, Mike stole me thunder a little bit with with Luis Diaz as he started off. I thought that was his best game for a long, long time. He was back to his, you know, like to his really his best. As was Salah over on the far side. To be honest, like he was releasing, he, he was playing first time balls. Usually, where he's holding the ball and ready to come inside, he was releasing the ball, and we had loads of runners, didn't we? You know, like midfield was running, like you had Curtis, you had you had Sabozlai, even Endo was picking up, pressing and, and moving. And we were really difficult to contain. I thought Liverpool, I think the only thing I, I, I was amazed at in that first 10 or 15 minute period was we, we weren't on top. We, had, we hadn't scored because we, we did everything but score. I thought, we, I thought we were superb. Probably the best... Uh, the best I've seen Liverpool start and continue for for a long time. I thought we were exceptional last night. To yes, a man, Pete, Tom's made a good point there, hasn't he? That you know, it was a really, really quick start, and you were just expecting after every attack that you know this must be the breakthrough now. This must be the breakthrough now, and you know, and, and you know, it just didn't. The, the bounce just didn't seem to happen, did it? Or to be a shot. There'd be a bit under hit, or there'd be one blocked and deflected wide, you know. And, I think, and as I say, you, you just couldn't believe that that Newcastle were um, still were it. able to hold out and yeah. and sort of a you know for the first period of the game. It was very similar. The start was very similar to the Aston Villa game, but without the goals, where we scored, where Sobersly scored an early goal, and and we we just we just. We were saying at half time, we, we should be, this game should be done and dusted now. Um, I think I'm trying to remember because I haven't seen a rerun of the game. I think we had we hit the post very early on with the deflected shots. No, it just went wide, Pete. Just went wide, did it? Because from our angle, we were all saying, I think that hit the post on the way through. But like you say, we, we I mean, the midfield last night, not just in the first half, but even when they made the changes, the midfield was so good, the pressing and you know, the counter-pressing that Jürgen likes and, and the runs that they were making into the channels. And, um, yeah, I was amazed that Newcastle was still in the good. They must have gone in at half-time, Newcastle, thinking, you know, we're in with the shouts here because we've survived so many, you know, scares. And, you know, you talk about Pope being missing, but, God, you've got a good deputy in that, that uh, depravity. The, the, the saves he made, I mean, a couple of them maybe straight at him, but he, he'd certainly kept them in the game. Um, longer than he should have been in it, and <coughs> like um, like Tom said, 
I mean, there was a there was somebody I read today on Twitter saying he thought Salah was awful. I couldn't believe what he was saying. Yeah, I, and, I think you know. I, I mean, some I, of them. I I thought some of his passing in the first half was a little bit wasteful. Um, and a few people are saying by me, you know, he needs to he needs to up his level a bit. Uh, but his performance dramatically improved in the second. But yeah, yeah he was he, I think that I think people get a little bit frustrated in yeah, the first I mean, half. It is easy to get frustrated when you go in nil nil and you think, Oh god, you know. We've had all this possession, we've had all these chances, and it's going to be one of them games again. But I, I was just dying for him to have a run on Dan Byrne because he's a funny Aussie, Dan Byrne. He, he looks very awkward because he's so tall and that, but he, you know, he is a decent left sided defender, whether he be a full back or centre back, you know. And I was just praying for Mosey to just take him on and get in the box. But he, in fairness to Dan Byrne, a lot of the time he did play Mo well, but until the second half, as you say, when he come more into it. Um, you know, we'll talk about the second half later, but um, yeah, so you know, started off like a house on fire, and that's where you want the early goal to settle in, and it just didn't come. But they didn't really offer a threat, Newcastle. I think, I think they had one shot on targets, I think, was and I don't even know if that was the first half or not. They seemed quite, they seemed quite um, happy to just play the 5 4 defensive block, didn't they? And then look for uh, Gordon on the break, who you know, is is quick and can be tricky. Um but yeah, all in all, you know, we you know, we it's just that just either the final ball or, or a bit similar to the United game, defenders were getting blocks in and, and then the keeper was behind them. So a little bit frustrated going into half time that we were still level, you know. Mike, and then you know we we managed to what we all thought was to get the breakthrough. And then you look over and you see <clears throat> The linesman flagging for offside, and when you actually look at it, it was so tight between Nunes and, and I think it was Dan Byrne. That you know, when when I looked at the pictures and when I watched the game back, I looked at the pictures and thought it was onside. But Gary Neville was insisting all the way along that it was just about offside. But when the ball came back to Diaz, it was a lovely finish by Louis Diaz. And um, and you know you you just thought when you know, that was the start of about a a ten minute ten fifteen minute period where where there was so much going on that you know we're we're going to be talking to for to it for a, for a, about the same period of time would have thought so first of all your views on the on the disallowed goal from from Diaz. I, I I haven't seen the I haven't seen the I I can't see it from where I am because I'm pretty much at the other end of the pitch so I couldn't give an opinion whether it was offside or not. Uh, it was interesting. My mate who sits next to me uh, for some reason uh, listens to Radio Merseyside all the time, and Radio Merseyside was saying now, admittedly they're going to be a bit biased, but apparently they were saying could be on this, could be on this. I do notice that they take. An inordinate amount of time to look at Liverpool's offsides on VAR, far more than any other club. I watched the Fulham uh, Arsenal game, and I thought Saka was dead close for the for their opening goal, but mm. VAR was over before uh, you know before they'd had a chance to get the ball out the back of the net. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. It's a bit weird how long they, they 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 take to try and find a reason to disallow Liverpool's goals, isn't it? 
Uh, I was behind the finish because uh, he was running away from goal behind it, and he did look a really good little finish by Diaz. And and if ever a man deserved a goal in that game, there's the one. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And then, Tom, they restart Liverpool break. Diaz gets brought down in the box. Referee points to the spot. And there's a, it seems to go on forever with the delay in, in taking the, you know, before the pen was awarded. Then when it was awarded, Taylor, without booking the goalkeeper, was sort of talking to him, you know, talking to Salah. But that, that seemed to, to take an age for them to, to ratify the penalty. It was quite clear from where where I was, from where I sit in the cop. You could see that the Diaz was clearly brought down. Obviously, Gary Neville tried to argue that he went down late. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm sure I'm sure Gary Neville never said Ruth van Nistelrooy went down late or Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> went down late or Ryan Giggs ever went down late. You know what I mean? But it was a clear penalty as far as I'm concerned. And here we go again. The bone of contention up steps <laughs> out, and it was an absolute awful penalty. So I'd like to see you now try and defend your stance that most should be a penalty taker. And if, well, I think, in fact, before that penalty last night, he'd missed four out of the previous ten. Yeah, no. I, I, I can I just comment on something what Mike said first of all. I tweeted something. And and I will. I'm not dodging. I'm not dodging your difficult question, Les. Really, I'm not honest. Uh, something Mike said. I will let I, you dodge it, Tom. I will you. not let you dodge it. Thank, thank you. I, I, I'm glad you won't let me dodge you. Um, something Mike said there, and something I tweeted to you. Well, not tweeted. I sent a private message to you about something our lead said to me about in the game. He said, he said every fifty fifty. Really close decision where mm. where VAR is involved goes against near enough goes against Liverpool, and I I think that's what Mike Mike was spot on. They take an age to take, you know, like to, to look at it, and then then you know so all that things. Now I'm going to go to Mo. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to defend them because. Uh, uh, do you know what? Uh, he, he scored some brilliant penalties and big penalties for us along the way. And whether you say he's a natural penalty taker, that's 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 by the by. A penalty is a penalty. It takes bottles to step up. It don't, no matter who you are and what level of football you play, it takes bottles to get up there. And even the greats miss them. You know what I mean? So, so well, he is one of the I, greats. Tom, nobody he is one. Of, he he is one of the greats, Les. But yeah. The only the only explanation, and I'm not making an, I'm not trying to defend the lad at all. He doesn't need defending. I I think he was made to wait for ages to get that penalty right. Apart from uh, apart from the time that he had to do it, and then bizarrely enough, what I said to you before, in the run up to take the penalty, Taylor stops him. And then goes and walks down to the to the goalkeeper. Evan knows what he was saying to the goalkeeper because he was on the line. And then walks back, and then Mo goes again and misses it. I'm not saying he would he would have scored had he had, he had the run. I think it was a terrible penalty as he took it. Whether he should should he ever take the penalties again? Well, he took one later on. He scored it, and it was a good pen. But like, I, I don't know. I think Jurgen Klopp will make that decision and talk to Mo about taking him off penalties. 
But it doesn't matter who you bring on to take the penalties after. They will miss penalties along the way. It, it's part and parcel of football. But I'm not defending Mo, although I do love him. <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, but Tom, I, th- I don't think there's any doubt that we all love Mo, right? But at the end of the day, you know, it's... You know, my view is that it's it's fantastic when you look at Mo's stats and you see how many goals he scored and the you know, you're watching the game and the they say, Oh, you know, this would be Mo's hundred and fiftieth goal for Liverpool if he scores this penalty and this will put him this high up in the list. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have say for example, Danny Murphy is not fit as a footballer. He's a very good footballer. But as a footballer, he's not fit to lace to lay Mo Salah's boots. But you get a penalty for Liverpool and Danny Murphy's on the pitch and Mo Salah's on the pitch. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you now, there's only one person out of those two people who I'd want to take the penalty for Liverpool. And it's Danny Murphy. Every 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 penalty of every game that we get if they were both on the pitch. And that's the difference for me. I'm never ever confident. And I've said this on previous podcasts when I see well coming up to take a penalty. And to me, you know, well, we'll, t- we'll talk about the, the one in the second half in a minute. But Pete, it was a, it was a poor penalty. And, and what was the feeling round by you in the main stand? You know, do people there think that, that Mo should, should continue to take the penalties? Because I know there's loads of people by me saying, that's it, now enough's enough. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of head shaking after he missed it, but you know what? Just before I, I go on, it wasn't too dissimilar, you know, to the penalty he scored in the European Cup final. It's just that Loris went the wrong way, sort of thing, and he scores quite a few penalties that are quite central in the goal. You know, he goes for power. Um, I suppose now that he's unfortunately missing for a few games, let's hope we get a couple of penalties and then. We'll have to decide who's going to step up. I mean, I think I think Nunes has a decent penalty record, taking them for Uruguay. Um, I think McAllister, if he's on the pitch, he could be another one who could take the... You know, Van Dijk, I think he took he took a few spot kicks for Celtic and Southampton. So there's other options there. And like you, I think we were saying before the programme, I don't think it's 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 greed with Mo. I think he's, he's self-confidence himself. I think he thinks he's going to score every penalty. And yet some of the greats do miss them. I think even some of the not-so-greats, you know, Alexis Letizia, and I'm not being disparaging to him, but I think he missed one in his career. And there are some players like Danny Murphy, you, you just know when they step up, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very difficult for the goalkeeper to save or, or they're not going to miss the targets. But yeah, maybe maybe with the break now that in the African nations with him going for, you know, the rest of the month, um. Liverpool have obviously got to make a decision. Even if we don't get a penalty, they've got to have a nominated penalty taker. And it'll be interesting to see who steps up. Dobber's line yeah. might be another option as well. So we've got options there. But I think whilst Mo's on the pitch, I don't think anyone wants to usurp him, to be honest. And I don't think he bullies them into it, but I think he's the nominated taker. But um, it wouldn't be so bad for Liverpool if they, they did rotate it a bit and had different penalty takers. Um. Well, yeah, it, you know, going back to your first question, it was a poor penalty. It was just the rice heist and the rice, you know, it, it was it was pretty central, wasn't it? And the keeper didn't have to do a great deal, although he got a good 
a good hand on it to palm it away. And then, unfortunately, Trent just couldn't get over the ball to, to knock the follow-up in. But um, I think that was what the big disappointment at half-time was, the fact that we could have gone in 1-0 from the spot and it would have looked a lot rosy, you know. But, um, yeah, let's see. I don't know what Mike's take is on, on the penalties, but, you know, this month we're going to have to sort something out because he's not here. Mike, I was just going to say there, I think what what sort of blew my head off when he missed was the fact that it reminded me, my mind went back two years ago before the last AFCON when we were away to Leicester yeah. and we were battling Leicester in the, in the first half and we get a penalty and Mo took the penalty and missed and then the ball come out to the rebound and he did basically exactly what Trent did and he missed the rebound. And I just thought, just hope that, um, that history doesn't repeat itself. And, mm. you know, we, we regret missing that penalty like we did, you know, less than two years ago because you can point to a number of things, but, you know, when you look back, that was a penalty that goes in. You know, we win the game because Leicester had just been hammered the week before by Manchester City, win that game, and ultimately, you know, we get a point in that game, and we'd have won the league. And it just, I think, you know, that happening again right before the game in the AFCON just blew my head. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no point being sentimental about stuff in football, is it? We don't get as many penalties as Manchester City and as well as, as many penalties as even Arsenal. And so when you get them, you've got to have a 90% chance of, take it, of, of scoring. And at the moment, we've probably got a 60% chance of scoring. You look at Mo's technique, and some of them are absolutely brilliant, but 50% of them, he just puts his head down and batters it. And most of them, when he does that, are savable height. Uh, uh, probably, I don't know, as Pete or Tom mentioned, the Champions League final. Very savable. Uh, if the guy had done the same move, Loris had done the same move as Dubravka last night, he'd have saved the, the Champions League final penalty. It, I, I'm, it's sad, but you know, I, I don't know what is, is is influencing Klopp, and I did think it's because uh, I think if he likes his numbers, Mo, and he's not pressurising them, but I think Klopp might think if I take Mo off penalties, that's gonna impact him um what's it called impact it is is psycho psychologically um there are we, we've got some some people with decent records in the in the squad are taking penalties Alexi McAllister I believe has never missed one uh Soboslai takes them for Hungary uh Trent uh, the ones he's taken in in um uh shootouts have been absolutely fantastic um I don't. I don't fancy Nunes for the same reason as as um, uh, uh, Mo because his technique doesn't look great when he's taken them. Um, he scored. He scored one. I don't. I think it was in the shootout against Derby in the League Cup where he was giggling afterwards because he hit it so badly and the keeper still dived over it. Uh, uh, but I still don't think they'll take Mo off penalties until at least the end of the season. If he leaves in the end of the season, then that's the job done. But um, I don't think that, I don't think we'll take Mo off. Right. 
So Tom, so after the after the Salah missed penalty, you know, we continue to to push forward to try and get the breakthrough. And Nunes, through his persistence, gets a one-on-one with the keeper. And again, you know, the keeper makes a good save. People say he should score. It was a one-on-one. Um, so what was your view of that? Because I think that was probably your side of the cop where you sit, where you yeah. would have been in line with that chance, Tom. It's funny, isn't it? When he come in, when he come in, like what, what Mike said about Diaz's finish was exquisite. That's what what that's what we needed from from Nunes at that stage as he was running into the box, but he leathered it, didn't he? Again, and yeah, you know, like um, and I, I think that sometimes, sometimes, <coughs> I, I think that sometimes that that's his problem when he gets into them positions, he doesn't he doesn't show that little sometimes that little bit of a deft flick or lifting it over the keeper who's committing himself. He always goes for power. And if the keeper makes himself big, he, he tends to save a couple of them, doesn't he? So I think it was one of them. I wasn't, to be brutally honest, Les, I wasn't shocked that, it, that the keeper, he hit the keeper. Mm. I think all Kevin turned to me and said at the time, he, he said, you know, he said, well, you know what, Dad? He's got to be more ruthless when he gets into them positions because the, the as, as points become tighter, then chances become more important, don't they? Yeah. And, I think, yeah. and although I thought he was, I thought he was excellent again. I thought he was a handful all the way through the game. He's he's running, he's pressing, he's working. It's it's just every now and again when he gets the chance, he does put them away now and again. But yeah, I wish he was a little bit more. I just had a little bit more finesse about his finish. But as you say, it was. Not the greatest, not the greatest shot to be honest. And then Pete, they have a they have a goal disallowed up the other end. Big damn burn. I didn't realise who who put the ball in the back of the net, but it was a diving header from Big yeah. Damn Burn. And and there, um, you know, I didn't realise until I watched it back that how close it was, and it was really tight between Isaac, who was offside. And it when it was equally as tight as the one at the other end with Nunes. Uh, yeah, but, but, to be honest, we were all up for that. We as soon as the ball went through to Isaac, um, we were all shouting offside. Yeah, we were too. I've I've, I've only seen a still of, of it, and it does look close. In fairness, as I say, I've not seen a rerun of the game. Gary Neville was trying to convince everybody, by the way, that he was onside. He was Who's trying. Sorry? Convince everybody that he was onside. Who's this Isaac? Or Gary, is yeah, Gary Neville was trying to convince but, yeah, everybody that Isaac was onside. Yeah, we, we thought when the initial ball came through, he looked a mile off. It, it certainly wasn't a mile. It was a lot closer when you look at the at the stills that I've seen. But, um, you know, it, it shows you just how quick the game is when, when you think people look a mile off. And then when you actually see you know, the run back, it's really fine margins, but he, he did look off, to be honest. Um, it was a good header by Dan Byrne. He got in at the far post and he, he stuck it away well. He headed it where you should do, down into the deck and, and through Allison. But um, I suppose you could say it was a less off, you know, but for a, another half yard or something, we could have gone in one down there, you know. Yeah. And, and they really hadn't hurt us at all. They never looked like hurting us, really. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, you could say it was it was played, you know, the Liverpool defence 
kept the line and kept the shape and that, and they caught them out. But it's it's a it's a tricky game to play sometimes, as we will discuss in when when we get underway in the second half review. Because, um, well, we all know what what happened with their first goal. It was it was fine margins again, and this time it went for them. You know. Yeah, Mike. And then in a bizarre about five six six minute spell, referee Anthony Taylor basically lost total control of the game. Um, you know, and and some of his decisions were really bizarre. Now, the first instance was the um where he played to be fair to me, played a good advantage where um where Joel Linton pulled back, I think he was supposedly high. And Liverpool broke and he played the advantage, but then infuriated the crowd by not going back to to actually book Joe Linton when the game stopped. And Mike Hanley, funny enough, who's been on this podcast a few times, come over to us at our time and sort of explain that, you know, it's in the referee's discretion, basically, that if they play an advantage and the pullback or the infringement or the foul hasn't sort of impacted on the offensive team breaking away, then the referee then can choose not to book that the offending player, um, and that's in the actual rules, and that's what that's what Taylor actually evoked. But I still thought it was that cynical what he did that there was still there was still option there for him to to sort of come back and boot the player. And there was then 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 as uh, of course there was yellow cards flying everywhere. Then for the next three or four minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it, it got it to be a mess. I mean, I, I've seen that explanation. It feels it feels rather that they make the uh, the uh, crime fit the punishment rather than the punishment fit the crime. And if you if you see if you see uh, Keith Hackett's response when Henry Winter posted that on there, he said, Let, "Let's not argue. It was a yellow card. It should have been a yellow card." Um, but he did. He lost the game. There was a, a, a bit of a savage tackle on Mo after that that didn't get um, um, punished. There was another one he where... He did get a yellow card for that foul. No, no, there Ooh. was another one that didn't get punished. He's uh, but, oh, right. uh, but also there was one where Diaz was flying through and somebody just uh, leant across him and he went and they flattened him. And it was the most obvious foul possible. That was and, Joel Linton again, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was the most obvious foul, and and it, it was ridiculous. Joel Linton, when he got his yellow in the second half, that should have been his second yellow comfortably. Um, but the the fact that he was constantly letting this, we you, you can obviously hear what the crowd uh, said of it. it. It was just getting Liverpool players more irate. It was letting the Newcastle players know that they could just do anything that they want. And then suddenly he finally started punishing people for things, but he was punishing everybody. And he just completely lost it. And half time for that game actually fortunately came at the right time because somebody had got sent off if it had gone on any longer. It was well, a mess. He absolutely lost it. Yeah, Tom. And I think he booted really well at one point because Trent had just been yeah. booted. And mm. uh, I was having a go at Taylor for not for not doing Punishing somebody else for the uh, for another foul, and and I think after it'd be run in and pulled Trent away quite quickly before it got 
got any worse because I think the mood Taylor was in last night, he wouldn't have hesitated to show a second yellow to Trent there and make us go down to to 10 men. But it was really a bizarre end to the first half from, from Anthony Taylor, who completely, you know, for a referee with his, you know, with his reputation, if you like, of being one of the best, not only in the Premier League, but in Europe, and to have refereed some of the major games, for him to actually lose the plot like he did there last night, I thought it was very poor, Tom. Yeah, it was about a, yeah, I think it went so. I think, do you know what, Les? I think it started about a 20 minute period, wasn't it? You know, like I think, I, I think they started booing over the VAR for the length of time they were taking over the VAR. I think that, that started and then they started having a go at him. And then, as you said, Newcastle started doing these, these, like, I think Gimenez is another one who's, who's yeah, yeah. all the way through the game. Do you know, like, and, and after, in the second half, when they were they were 3-1 down, the, the license, they just they just let rip Newcastle and started kicking anything that moved. You know, like, and as Mike said, like, Joe Linton could have been sent off twice there in two, with four Britain Brookings because he literally committed some of the worst, worst fouls but but then Liverpool done done some like like some like as you say so with Trent and Mo I think did Mo get booked as well? No, no Mo didn't who, get booked. Who shouted? Diaz got booked. Who who got booked? Diaz got booked. Diaz. Diaz. It must have been Diaz. But like he just it, the, the frustration spilled out. But he lost it. But you're right, Les. Ibu picked Trent up and, and marched him away. Which I thought was very, very wise at that stage because he would have sensed him. He'd lost it there at that stage. Yeah, yeah. he really had. And, and you know, and as you say, for an experienced referee like Taylor, you, you, you're a bit shocked, really. He'd have been used to the booing for the VAR, I should imagine. But and I'll tell you who else as well, Gordon. Do you know, he, I can't stand Gordon. Do you know what? He's such a talented player. You watch him play football. He's a marvellous player. And it's it, it, it sickens me a little bit or saddens me a little bit that he started at Liverpool, didn't he, as a kid? Yeah. You know, like, and, like, I watch him and think, do you know what? He's a brilliant footballer, but he's horrible. He's he, He's got this, this horrible streak. He's a diver. He pulls people back, you know, as they're running away. He's just... Just horrible. But again, as you say with Taylor, he seemed to let an awful lot go for certain team. You know, yeah, not one of his best games, to be honest. The thing, just going back to the Joe Linton, admittedly, he did well to, to play the advantage, the ref. But that's where he should go back and boot because it just gives Joe Linton license to do it again, which he, yeah. he did keep doing. And he didn't book him until nearly, I think it was nearly 70 minutes when he got the booking. And like Mike said, you know, he probably deserved two reds. I'm not saying the first one was a red, but certainly that one. There was an, an incident, I think, before one of our goals in the second half where he, he pulled back Kersis as well yeah. in, in our box that he tried to... And, yeah. You know, the, he, he gets a lot of plaudits. Um, how? You know, and for what he, you know, for the type of football he can play Newcastle. But I tell you what, he's instilled the dark arts into them because they did it last season with, with the time-wasting and the niggles and stuff. And you know maybe he's he's thought well we've got to toughen up here if we want to you know if we want to progress in the Premier League we've got to we've got to you know because City have 
Chris Sissy are good at playing the dark arts. We all know how they stop games, you know, with the flow, the likes of the Rodries and and the midfield, and even like the Fodens with the little niggles. And I think that's what he's instilled into Newcastle. But yeah, I agree, he did lose it. And, um, you know, I said at the end of the game, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but I said at the end of the game, uh, when I met my brother-in-law outside, I said, I've never known a referee give us two penalties and still get booed off the pitch. But some of his decisions were absolutely ludicrous, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, so as I say, we got to half-time, all square, when, you know, we could have we could have gone one up and then but for but for uh, you know a couple of centimeters the other way, Newcastle could have been one up. So, you know, get in and regroup and we just we were just trying to keep dry in that bloody main stand. It was howling in there, it was. Yeah. So Mike, we come out at the start of the second half and it was basically more of the same, wasn't it? Just, you know, continue, continue the tap. And eventually we got the breakthrough, which was Really brilliant play by Darwin Nunes twice. You know, he, he, you know, he won the ball and played a, a really good flick into midfield. You know, the ball got played out to Luis Diaz, who went down the wing. You know, played another ball over to, to Nunes and give him credit. A lot of people would have just hit that first time. And he played the perfect ball to Mo. And Mo sort of scored number 150. And, you know, put us 1-0 up. And, and we thought, right... This will be it now. We'll get this game, and uh, and sort of go on from here. Yeah. Uh, b- before we look at that, can I just mention one other thing from the first half? We nearly scored the yeah. best yeah. goal. Yeah. That yeah. that 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 we. I mean, it, it would have made Van Basten's uh, legendary effort for Holland look like a tapping if Trent had managed to score that one from basically the corner flag. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't realise it at the bar. I just thought it went across the bar from where I saw it. So, Mike, I'm but... in the cop right behind that, right? And we didn't realise it at the bar. We just thought it had gone right across. Yeah. Right across well, the bar. And it was only when Jamie was in the car going on, and Jamie said to me, hey, Dad, that, that sort of cross that we all thought was some sense in it, the bloody... Angle the crossbar in the post. Crossbar in the yeah. post, yeah. But it was a, it, it was definitely an effort and goal because there really wasn't anybody that close. There certainly wasn't anybody in the six yard box. Uh, unbelievable! That was such that that's the best goal the Premiership never saw. That one. But <laughs> yeah. for, but second but the second half it, it started much like the first, didn't it? I mean, it's it's great because normally the second half is kicking in the end that I can't see, but this was right by us. So we were right by this. And and, and, it, and it's weird, isn't it? When he's assisting, um, Nunes could be the calmest person in the world. When he's shooting, it's a little different. It was a perfect, perfectly seen and perfectly set up assist. Uh, so Bosley did well to get out to, to, to Diaz. Diaz did brilliantly, although he, he was coming across the box and we were kind of wondering what he was going to do. But it was just a, a beautiful pass to, to Nunes, first time back in. And it was as simple. And actually, our first two goals were almost carbon copies of each other, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we go one the up, Tom, and, and you just went for the second one to come. But then they get a breakaway. And a lovely finish by Isaac. Um yes. that I was hoping was gonna be offside, but but then when you look back, you know, it was clearly onside. Virgil decided to 
he didn't really know whether to stick or twist, and he decided to to twist and didn't didn't react quick enough to block the run, and he's finished it lovely. Yeah, he done similar last year, didn't he, Les? In the uh, yeah. the two one game, very similar to the goal, you know, like and Ali come out to him perfectly and from our side of the goal. You're more or less more of the same same side as me in the cop, but on slightly the opposite side. But as Ali come out to him, he just lifted it perfectly over Ali. It's a brilliant finish to be up to be fair. Mm. And I like you was looking at the line, thinking, I wonder if he's offside, but. I think we were, you know, he wasn't, and it was a, it was a great finish. But you know what? It felt like it felt like a a, a dig in the guts, really, because he absolutely <coughs> battered them all the way through, and yeah. like more or less from the first real chance, the first real chance. I know they were offside. Dan Byrne was offside, but but from that was the real first sort of open play chance, and they. They've scored, you know. And like we at that stage, as Mike had said, Trent's Trent's shot, which is the 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 post on the bar, like it. You're just thinking uh, that probably would have been about the tenth or ninth or tenth shot on target we had against them. And the brother, the have played brilliant. Some of the saves he made were some brilliant saves. You know, on another day. As you say, that stage when they finally got the one to back to one one, we should have been seven one out of the, ahead by that stage. Mm. Yeah, so so then Pete, uh, just a little bit later, we make some substitutions and off goes Nunes, Diaz, and supposedly I, which later turned out that he's got a bit of a hamstring scare, and on comes Gakpo. Um, uh, sorry, Graven Birch, Gakpo, and and who else come on at that time? Um, Jota. Yeah. And it seemed to disrupt us for a little bit, didn't it? You know, we, we, we couldn't seem to get the same the same intensity and flow into the game. And then all of a sudden, it just started to click. And another lovely move. And as Mike said before, a, a great run by Jota, passed through by Salah, and a perfect knock across the box. And, and Curtis got a thoroughly deserved goal to make it 2-1. Yeah, I think just before the subs as well, I think Nunes was unlucky again. He he, yeah. he had the header, a flicked header, and we 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 were all up. We thought it was gonna nestle in the corner of the goal, like, um, and I think uh, I, I don't know. I, the keeper I really, made a great save from him as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, on another nice, you know, he, he probably could have got a hat trick, and he. You know, his detractors will say, oh, he, he can't finish, he's a poor finisher. Well, you just show him the two goals he scored at St. James's Park, and you know he can. Uh, and he just came up against, you know, you can maybe argue the point the one in the first half, the one-on-one. Um, he could even have squared that to Mo. I think Mo was in support, and he could have looked up and, and just squared it to him. But the, the, the other saves that the Bravka made from him were really good saves. Anyway, he came off. And we were saying the same thing for five or ten minutes. It just seemed to disrupt our flow a bit, you know, with the substitutions. And then little by little, we, you know, we sort of clawed our, not sort of clawed our way back, but we started finding our feet again and we started getting the rhythm back again. And we started getting, you know, taking it back to Newcastle. And um, it was it was a way, it was a very well-deserved goal by uh, by Curtis Jones. I thought he was good last night. Um very similar, like 
like Mike said, very similar to the first goal where we we literally walked it in, but it was such it was such good play, um, and it's just the type of thing that Jossa does. He comes on and he 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 sort of. I remember someone mentioning when Keegan first started, just just go you know make yourself a nuisance and throw a few bombs about, and he just does. He makes himself a nuisance, Jossa, but. The play for that second goal was fantastic. The I think Mo was involved again onto Jossard and then the square ball and um, it was just a simple task then. But we're all looking at the, the linesman again, worrying it might be VAR because everything's so tight these days. But it was it was a well worked goal. Yeah, Mike. And then you know we we continued to press and then we got the third goal with a <laughs> when you look back, it Cody actually misses it. Which basically fooled the goalkeeper, and uh, it was a bit of a scruffy finish, but it just shows you, doesn't it? You know, you can hit the ball purely and and, and right on blob with the perfect technique, and it won't go in, and you can scuff something, and it you know, and it's in the it's in the book as a goal in your in your favour, and that put us three one up, and at that point you think this is going to end, this could end up like five or six six one. But we we started to feel a little bit comfortable at that point. I think that was the that was the thing, is it? Whether I'm not sure I necessarily thought we were in five or six one, but I I thought Newcastle would be dead by that point. I thought they would put two goals in that quickly. A beautiful ball by Mo, the outside of his foot, and then and then you're sitting there thinking, uh, I bet I bet Nunes is sat on the bench going. Of all the things I tried, all flipping game, and you get one that comes off the sole of your foot and bo- uh, bobbles into the net like that. Uh, uh, yeah, some people, some people are lucky, some people are not. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was comfortable. Jota made a massive difference because he literally finds the positions, he finds the runs, he makes the runs that scare the defenders. And and partially because they know actually he's a good finisher as well. So. They have to watch him even closely. But, uh, yeah, 3-1 up, I thought the game was done. Yeah, there, there was brilliant defending there from Endo as well, Tom. Uh-huh. At the cop end, just before we scored, in which Newcastle had a, a promising break. And Endo, you know, really did well to get back and, and stop your know, long staff from getting a, a good header at our goal. The one that Eddie Howe was trying to sort of play was a penalty, but... I don't think it was. I don't think there was enough there for for them to give a penalty. And then within within seconds, you know, we've scored at the other end. But that that sort of you know was just typified a magnificent performance by Endo Tom. You know yeah. what I mean? And then and then just going on from that, you know, just as you think we're comfortable, you know, um, they get a corner and and for some reason we've got Jota marking. Botman, and he gets a, a basically a free header on goal, and you know the game's back in the melting pot again at three two. Yeah, I agree with you about about Endo. I thought he was superb overall. As thought, you know, like overall, he's improved. What we we were slightly critical about him when he first when he first came. He was a bit slow, wasn't he? And he was caught. And I think he he's attuned. To, he's an intelligent footballer, and he's attuned to the pace of the game now. And he knows that you get the ball, you move the ball. And I thought he was. I thought again he was exceptional last night in the six. I thought he was brilliant. As you say, 
that I didn't think it was a penalty to be honest. I thought they were just sort of grasping at straws, really. You know, like to be fair, but um, I thought it was he 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 done really really well. As you said, for the header, it was this, it was a strange one, wasn't it? From the corner again, it was a punt down the pitch, and he got a corner, and then like again. As you said, they're a big side. With you've got a few big players, tall players. Longstaff's quite tall. Dan Burns tall. The other, the other fellow Botman's quite tall. So, but Jota marking him, it was a no contest. He was head and shoulders above him, you know. And it, as you said, it's back to it's back to three two, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how has that happened? You know, it's like we were cruising, and and then I know what we're going to we'll, we'll talk about the next one. But yeah, so so not long after that, Pete off goes Endo, you know, to a, a, a fully deserved standard ovation, and on comes Macca, you know, making his return after a few weeks out, mm. and then we break up play, and McAllister produces one of the passes of the season to free Jota. He goes round the goalkeeper, down he goes, penalty, and. You know, Gary Neville again is there saying, oh, it's never a penalty, it's a soft penalty. When you look at it, the goalkeeper catches him, catches Jota with his right elbow, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and and down he goes. And to me, there's there's no doubt, as I said before, it's amazing how when Liverpool go down, it's always a soft penalty. But yeah. the amount of soft penalties that we've seen, you know, Gary Neville especially, you know... Uh, the United had over the years at Old Safford. It's just beyond belief. Yeah, I remember. I remember when Michael Owen sort of broke into this into the side, and it started getting levelled at him. Not not necessarily for penalties, but for free kicks. And Michael Owen, I think, said at the time, he said, "When you're when you're running a full pelt, he said it doesn't take much to knock you off your stride. It just needs a little touch." And I mean, to be honest, when, when it happened, we all looked at one another thoughts. He went down a bit like there, but I think once he once he got the contact, and I hate I hate all this though, there was contact, so he must go down. But I think it did run him I think it did take him off his stride. And I think what Jossa was probably worried about in his split second was if it, if it carry on trying to get the ball, it's gonna run away from me because it was such a slick surface. So I think I'm not saying he, he went he dived intentionally, but what I'm saying is there was enough to knock him off his, his trajectory off, off the run he was making. And and as I say, you know, those who don't like Liverpool say it's a soft penalty and, and us will say, well, he, you know, he he actually um, impeded him. And I think after the game, the goalkeeper said as much. I think he admitted it was a penalty, regardless of what his manager said. I think the Bravka said, yeah, it was a pen, but it didn't really touch him very much. But in the lesson of the Lord, it's a pen. Yeah. Mike, it, it's a strange one though, isn't it? Because like if Jota stays on, tries to stay on his feet there, and doesn't go down, then referees don't give. If you like, if you want to call it honesty, if okay. a player tries to be honest and stays on his on his feet, where where there's been an attempt to bring him down, the referees just look at that and be. I look at that and think, well, you know, fine, you were too honest. We're not going to give the penalty. So by the way, they they interpret the laws and referee the game. They encourage players to go down. Yeah, it's it's a weird one that if it, you know, I, I phoned my son straight after as I was driving home. He said it was a bit dubious that penalty, and 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 I was, I saw it when I came back. All the YouTubers saw it, 
and, and I get why people thought it was dubious, but there's been a, a clip going around on Twitter today of the the thing close up. And actually, if you see it, he, he taps him with his hand, and then his other elbow comes and catches his his leg. Now, the moment that elbow catches him, you see his left leg going way out to the left as a point of the impact. And then it lands, and it lands half on its side. So you can see why he took the extra steps. I also think, ultimately, if he th- if he's confident he's going to score that, he's, he's going to put it, or he, uh, if he thinks he's got any chance of scoring that, he's staying up. Um, and, and, I, and I just think the impact took him over. Look, if they if, if they hadn't given that, we probably couldn't argue. What I would say it wasn't even the most controversial penalty of the weekend. Did you see Villas he scored yeah. in the eighty ninth minute? No contact whatsoever, and not one of these pundits went. Well, that's a dive. They yeah. did. They just brushed it off, saying, "Oh, must have been a little bit of a clip." Well, there was a little bit of a clip here. You can't have it. I mean, the number of people calling out corruption here and Liverpool for being divers. You got Alan Shearer calling out for divers, and there's a lovely clip of Alan Shearer throwing himself to the floor under no contact whatsoever in 1998 for England against Romania. Uh, you know, players go down easily. And if it's Harry Kane or Marcus Rashford, they're, just, they're called clever. Yeah, that's right. That's, it is. And as I say, and that was my point before, if referees understood the game and they rewarded honesty a bit more, then maybe players would try to stay on their feet a bit more. I mean, I thought it was a penalty... Um, I'd have had no complaints had it been given at the other end. Um, but yeah, Tom, you know, and, and that sort of put us really in control of the game. And then we we seen out the last, you know, seven minutes, you know, the the uh, additional time, and come away with the three points to put us three points clear at the top. And yeah, it, it was a thoroughly deserved victory overall. Yeah, let's. I- I am. I'm, I'm with. Can I just say about about Jota? Where the thing I am with with Jota, there is no way a, a goal scorer like Jota would hit the floor if 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 there was if if he hadn't have been impeded to score because it it was a clear chance for him. Was he? He's not going to fall and take a dive for that when when he's got an open goal to roll it into. He, he, that's not going to happen. It's obviously that he was stung and and it, it took him off balance slightly. I mean, he's gone, he's gone down. But overall, it was definitely a penalty. Again, with we talked about Mo, about most penalty, much better one for the second. Well, as you said, then we saw it out the game, and then here we are. But I think every one of us at the start of the season was saying, you know, like if we are. Come the new year, if we are somewhere near the top of the league, you know, like at you know at at, at the start of the year, then we'll have a really good chance of this this title this season. And here we are, we're we're three points clear at the top of the league, you know, like and and that you look and you look at and you're thinking, well. We've we've had a few tough decisions along the way, haven't we? As well, we've lost one game so far in the season. So again, like you, Les, it was three fantastic points, and then you're thinking, though, is this going to springboard us forward? You know, 
for a really good push on in the second half of the season. I really hope so, but it looks like it's going to be us, us and, uh, and City again fighting to the end, I would imagine. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just nice, isn't it, to, you know, to, to be winning games, to be in the, you know, in the mix, if you like. You know, the, you know we're, we're in there fighting for it, which after last season, none of us really expected. You know, we'd have, you know, we hoped, but not expected. You know, we were all excited by the new signings, but they've all contributed at different times in different ways. And that's been a really good sign. And, and there is a sign now that the the team is starting to get better and better and better because last night I thought that was by far our best performance of the season. And I think that the performances have been generally good since West Ham in the in the League Cup. And that's propelled us forward. Um, and I just hope they can carry on that form into January and beyond. So, Pete, can I just ask you, just... Just a, a really quick question, because, you know, the most solid penalty question, really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, this will be no surprise to anybody who listens. I don't think he should be on penalties for Liverpool anymore, but do I think he will continue to take them? I do, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think he should. If the decision was down to you, Pete, would you sort of have a change of penalty taker from now until the end of the season? I said earlier on, obviously, with what's going on with the likes of the the African nations, we're going to lose him anyway. So we've got to make a decision. But I don't, I, I don't sometimes think it's a bad thing to rotate it a bit and keep the, you know, keep the opposition guessing because these goalies see you see them with all the all the stuff that they they take with them in the back of the net and they know who's going to take the penalty and he took his last one to that side and and it doesn't do any harm to rotate it a bit. So as I say, this January. With Movi and um, off the scene, we've got to make you know someone's got to step up to the place, whether it be one person or whether Jurgen says right, there's two or three. You know, um, if McAllister's on the pitch, I think he seems the prime candidate because I don't think he's missed one like Mike said. Um, you know, Trent can take a penalty; he's taking them in shootouts. So whether that whether that goes on to the rest of the season is is another matter. Um, you know, if if Mo if Egypt win the after, you know, do well in the Afcon and that, and 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 most scores a couple in that, he'll probably want to come back and say it's it's for me to take. But I can't see it being a bad thing if we we have more than just one that we rely on. We we have two or three that we can rotate and you know keep the opposition keeper guessing. You might think Mo's going to come up and step up and take it. Next thing, you know, McAllister steps up or Trent. So I would I would like to see a little bit of rotation myself. I wouldn't necessarily. Say he's never going to take one again for Liverpool, but certainly have it in have it in our our power to you know to rotate it a bit. Mike, uh, Mo's going to take him for the rest of the season if he's on the pitch. Uh, it's just that's just the way it's going to be. I can't I can't see. Uh, and then then it's the question of whether he's going to be here next year or not. Uh, I just don't see Klopp ever taking it off him personally. Uh, I think we need a penalty taker that scores eight or eight or nine out of a ten, not uh, out of ten, not one that takes uh, scores six out of ten. Because you mentioned the Leicester game, uh, the, the, there have been other games. Uh, we had Arsenal last year in the two-two. We had the Bournemouth away, where you know it cost us a win. 
missing penalties. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I'm like Mike. I think I think yeah, I think Mo will carry on taking him. Would I want to change him? Probably, probably, probably. But I don't think he will. Yeah, I, I. You know, like would I like to see somebody else? Just... At least you've softened your stance since last time. You know, no, not really. Yeah, I just, you know, like I think he had. I think he, we 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 tend to look. I I done a little. I had a little look at his penalties. We tend to look at he. He, he had a really good run for Liverpool until the Leicester until yeah. the Leicester penalty. He 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 was he was an eight out. He was a nine out of ten. You know, penalty taker. It was only when he come back from the African Cup of Nations and then he missed against Leicester, didn't he? No, that uh, was before. He before went. he missed before, and he missed in the African Cup of Nations as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and then, and now he he has got a, a six out of ten, but like before that, he he, he was he, he was quite an accurate penalty taker, but maybe. But I'm like Mike. I don't think Jurgen will take it off him. To be honest, whether whether I'd like to see, I'd like probably like to see McAllister have a go if he if he if he gets the chance. But I don't think he will. Right, Pete. Player of the match. Ooh. some good candidates last night, wasn't it? I don't think I don't think, anybody, I don't think anybody um, was less than an eight out of ten at least. I thought everyone played the pass. The two Newcastle goals aside where, as you say, Virgil sort of step, didn't step up when he should have done and, and the corner where there was bad mark. And aside from that, I thought the defence were fantastic. I thought the midfield were great. Both midfields, if you want, when when we made the changes. And Mo Salah scored two. And he he was involved in the other two. So there's a lot of candidates. But I'm going to go for the scouser in our team. And it's not the one you sing about on the cop, it's Curtis Jones, because I thought he was fantastic last night. And I was okay. made up for his goal. I know it was a tapping, but I thought he deserved that. His all-round play is off the ball, running, his drive from midfield and his defensive, you know, he is closing down and that. I, I just thought he had a really good game last night. Mike? So, here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll Very quickly, distance covered in kilometres, 12.44 first in the Liverpool team. Possessions won in the final third, fourth, four, first in the Liverpool team. Possessions won, ten, first in the Liverpool team. Tackles won, two, uh, second in the, first in the Liverpool team. Jules won, six, second in the Liverpool team. Uh, Curtis Jones, and he scored a goal. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Tom? Bryce, and do you know what? I was looking at players last night. I thought, I thought Endo deserves a, a mention last night. I'd tell you else who deserves a mention, Les. I thought, what's his name? Um, Go, Joe Gomez deserves a mention because I thought Joe had a, a really good game last night. Again, you know, a really solid performance. I thought Mo, as we said before, but Curtis was my man of the match last night. Before the Stephen, before this, you know, when I, before and. Mike read out the stats. I didn't know them stats. But and what I did notice is, like I said to you before, and I've said it many times on this podcast, he leads the press, that lad, from the from the moment he could, he pushes and he drives the press. And I think I thought he was outstanding last night. So I I, I will go along with cases, definitely. Yeah, it's a full house of me. And I'm glad you mentioned there, Tom, the likes of Endo and Joe Gomez, because 
did a little bit of the unsung heroes, if you like. And it was good to see last night, you know, Joe Gomez get his name sung by the cop because he was excellent again last night. Absolutely superb, as he has been for a number of weeks now. Um, he was close. And now uh, the all was asked of him. And as Pete said, you know, everybody was like an 8 out of 10 performance. But Curtis, for me, for the whole of the game last night, was just superb. And the goal just just capped off a, a really top-quality performance. So it's a full house, and it's Curtis Jones as the, the player of the match for me as well. Now, Pete, you've normally got your pen and paper out ready. Oh, don't ask me if I was at Arsenal. Christ, I haven't even given that a thought. But are, are you, you haven't had your pen and paper out then? No, I'm back in work today, mate. I've been hard assing. There's certainly going to be change. Oh, by the way, that was our Daisy. She was agreeing it was a penalty when Jossa went down before. She was barking her head off. Okay. <laughs> there's certainly going to be changes. Obviously, the, the two straight away is the, the lads who have gone away to the, you know, to the, um, the African and the Asia Cup or whatever. I think Keller will make a start. He'll be our cup goalie. Um, you can see Kwanzaa coming in. Harvey Elias will get a start, I would think. I would think McAllister might make a start as well because he's he's easing his way and, and possibly Josser as well. It's going to be interesting up front how strong we go, to be honest. But I, I'm just now having a look at the Arsenal squad and I don't know how they're going to line up. Are they going to, you know, are they going to make a lot of changes as well? So... I haven't got the full eleven in my head to be honest, but um, I can see a couple of the kids maybe maybe coming in. Um, I think Joe Gomez, they've, they've got to be careful with Joe because he's he's only you know I know Owen Beck's come back hasn't he? He might even get as far as Owen Beck, you know, at left back. So there'll be a lot of changes, I would think. Um, but it's up front. I'm just wondering how strong we'll go. Will Nunes make start? Will Jossa start? Uh, will Diaz start? They're the obvious three. If you're gonna go, but I don't know, he might he might play Harvey Elias a little bit further forward as well. So there's a lot to think about there with the upcoming, and we haven't got a league game now, have we? For about three weeks, I think Bournemouth's our next league game. Yeah. So we have, you know, hopefully by that, I can't see, you know, Sobersly being risked even if he's only got a slight hamstring. So we've, you know, maybe try and get him ready for the Fulham game rather than play Arsenal. So it's going to be interesting. I think the bench might be. You know, a smatter in the young lads, um, and and possibly you know a couple. Maybe Trent might be on the bench, and um, you know, um, one of who's the other one I was thinking of. I think Diaz, depending on whether he starts or not. So there might be a couple of strong ones on the bench, but I think Arsenal will do the same. I can see Arsenal resting some of their big names if you want the the um. For upcoming games, but as I say, because there's a break until the end of January, you never know, they may even go strong, Arsenal. Mike, it is going to be interesting, isn't it, with the team selection for, for Sunday? Because when you actually look at the schedule, Liverpool have had, like, I think it was a five day break between Burnley and, and last night. Now we've got a six day break between last night and Arsenal. Then we play. Then there's a three-day break between Arsenal and Fulham. And then there's, there, there could even be then either a 10-day break or a two-week break. Yes, 10 on, days, I think, less. Yeah. Up you know, to Bournemouth. Up to Bournemouth. And then, and then, obviously, then you've got the second leg against Fulham, 
and then you might have a weekend off then if you don't get through in the FA Cup. <laughs> so it is it is an interest. It's not to me, it's not like when I first sort of heard the draw in the days, I thought, right, that's it. He's definitely gonna really sort of you know play a, a sort of a much weakened side at Arsenal. But now with the, the way the schedule is, I'm not so sure. What's your view? It, it, it's difficult. I, I, I don't... It, it depends. So he's got two cups, hasn't he? So I, I think he'll probably prioritise the League Cup more because we're one, one round away from the final. Having said that, I, I, I think... I think he'll just play it the way that he always plays it. Actually, he'll play the players who haven't played much in the first team squad, um, and you know he'll he'll pinpoint the the people he normally pinpoints for these things are, are Trent and Mo, uh, and he makes sure they're rested. Uh, I think he'll play Kwanzaa with one off Canate or Virgil. I agree, Kelleher will come in. It's an interesting, will he play Beck and maybe Gomez at right back or Bradley and Beck or Bradley and Gomez? Um, I, I think the forward line, I still think he'd probably leave Jota on the bench. Um, so will he go with will he go with uh, Nunes, Gakpo and Diaz or play Elliot? I, I, I think it'll be relatively... Full of first team, as you know, Gravenbach will play and McAllister will probably start. But hard, hard to know. I can't see him going, you know, really young. I can't see him throwing Beck, uh, Bradley, McConnell, Clark all in, but but you never know. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? I mean, I, I was just thinking there when the lads were talking. And, you know, they're both saying that Kelleher will play in goal. I'm not so sure, you know, because... Yeah, you could be right. Because, and the only reason I'm saying that is because Kelleher's played in the Europa League and Kelleher will play in the in the League Cup. And I'm just wondering, that would if, if he starts yeah. Kelleher in the FA Cup as well, that would mean that Alisson's just going to be your League Cup goalkeeper. Uh, you're sorry, your Premier League goalkeeper. And also, you de- unless... He's thinking, right, now do we get to the to the sort of business end of the Europa League? Alisson now comes in and takes over as goalkeeper for the for the Europa League games as well now. Now do we're out of the group stages. So it is going to be interesting to see who starts in goal. So what what what's your view on the on the rest of the team? Connor Bradley, Owen Beck, McConnell, Bobby Clark, Kwanzaa. I mean, you don't really count Kwanzaa anymore, is it? as a young player, because he's just part of the first-team squad for me. But it is going to be interesting to see what team we come up with on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, we were having a talk, me and our Paul, about this last night, you know, about the game coming up. And the, the amount of people that have said to me, I think Liverpool will sacrifice this cup on 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 uh, Sunday, you know, because if you we're, we're up in the league and really going to be challenging, We've got to march. We're, we're one game away from the for the final um, in the League Cup. We've got a good chance of going all the way in, in the Europa. So you really don't want to sort of 
have a distraction of a FA Cup run. But there's I, I don't think he will go with with a young side, you know. And <coughs> I think I think he will play Jota. I think you I think he'll play Jota up front. I think he I, I think he will go strong up front. He'll go with two. Either either Gapko and Jotter and Harvey Elliott or someone, or he'll go. You, who knows? You know, you might throw young Kate Gordon in, you know, and give him a run out. He's done that. He's done that before in, in, in a big game. I think in midfield we'll we'll go strong in midfield. It's the defense, isn't it? Uh, whether he plays Joe Gomez at right back and he and he goes with either Canate. And and Kwanzaa, or whether he goes with Virgin and Kwanzaa, I think he'll he'll do that. It's the left back position, you know, because we haven't we're not blessed at the moment with a great deal of left backs, are we? With with Andy still away and 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 Costas a long way from being coming back, so he might put a youngster in there. But I think the team will be strong. I think Arsenal in their cause in. in in limbo land as well. Did they go for the FA Cup as well? No, it's got to start to get the form back. You know, like because they're, they're, they're in a little bit of a free fall at the moment in the league. And they've got the Champions League. They're in the knockout stages of the Champions League. So again, they're in the same sort of... Sort of so I wouldn't be surprised to see both teams go relatively strong for the game, to be honest. I know it's... It's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because, I mean, even it's funny you should say that because I even seen a tweet from Brian Durant before and he sort of said, you know, that you know, Liverpool could probably do this season without without a good run in the FA Cup because, because when we were going for all the trophies a few years ago, because we were sort of fighting on all fronts, you know, they, they nearly ran out of legs. And in fact, he did run out of legs, didn't he? When they got to the the final against against Real Madrid, and it really took its toll. So, you know, it might be, it could actually be a blessing in disguise if Liverpool, you know, this is what he was saying, do go out of the cup on Sunday. But you know, as a supporter, you know, you want to win. You know, you you you're going down there, or you you turn on your telly to watch the game, and you want to win the game. So it, it really is an interesting one. But I think if we do go out, there will be the consolation that you know, we haven't got other fishes to fry and, and hopefully bigger fish. So And the FA Cup, as I've always said, it's not the same competition as it was yeah. in the 60s, 70s, 80s and probably most of the 90s. It's, it's being degraded now by the FA themselves. And we could do an, a, another complete podcast on on the reasons for that. But I don't believe now there is a massive difference anymore between the League Cup and the FA Cup in terms of the prestige of winning either trophy. So, and you're closer to getting to Wembley with a chance of winning the League Cup than you are with the FA Cup. The further you go in the FA Cup, you could be hitting further fixture congestion because I think from the fifth, possibly sixth round onwards, you're then having to rearrange league games for that particular day. So that then causes problems if you're gonna go further on in the you're in the Europa League. So what will be will be for me on Sunday. If we win, I'll be happy. 
If we lose, I'll be disappointed, but I won't be as disappointed as I have been in previous seasons. So what I'll ask you, because we don't really know what either team's lineups are going to be at this stage, and we know it's going to be a difficult game, I'll just ask you, rather than ask you for the score, I'll just ask you, do you think Liverpool will be in the draw for the fourth round? You'll come uh, the draw on Sunday or Monday, Tom? Um, I'd like to think so, yeah, yeah, Les, but I don't, I'm not so sure. I don't like you. I think, I think looking at the bigger picture, as you said, yeah, I'd love us to be in the draw, but I won't lose any sleep if we're not. Yeah, Pete, is there any replays in this? No, yeah, there is replays in the table. I was going to say, we could probably do without a replay, but yeah, I think we might still be in the house. I was going to say, if it went straight to penalties, it'll be a good audition for the rest of the team while Mo's away. But yeah, I think we'll be in the house, yeah. Mike? Before before I answer that, do you think the, all the pressure on this one's on Arsenal? I do. Because yeah, I, I do agree with that to a degree, Mike. Because for everything we've said, we go out, and we've lost our main talisman, uh, but we're okay. We're okay in the in the other competitions in form. If they put out a really strong team and get beaten by a slightly weakened Liverpool team, that will that will send shockwaves through them. So maybe they'll put out a weakened team just to stave off any shock of perhaps losing. Do I think we'll be? We'll we'll be in the hat. Do you know what? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because because I don't think we'll take it as seriously as 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 them. But I've been wrong. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, mate. To be honest, I I think that Arsenal might take this a little bit more serious than what we do. Um, I think that as you said, you know, you're looking at the league table, and they might be looking at it thinking, you know. While it's not an impossible task for us to get back in the in the race for the title, the fact that we're now five points behind Liverpool, you know, Manchester City, you know, I, I've got a game in hand on us as well and they're ahead of us. You know, that could... And then they've got the Champions League coming up. I just think what they might look at that as a, as a chance to win a... their best chance of maybe winning a trophy. So I think they might go in stronger. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they just edged it at the weekend. And as I say, you know, I'd love us to get through, but I won't lose any sleep if we don't. Um, Because, you know, to win, I'd much rather win the league game against them than win on Sunday, just put it that way. So on that note, we'll end this edition of the Late Flag. I'd like to wish all our listeners a very happy 2024. And I hope that the Reds, bring you all the success that you crave for during the, the first five, six months of this, this year. As you always do, I'll end this podcast by saying, justice for the 97, don't buy the sun, and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon.